In this episode of 2000 Books, Dr. Jim Blair shows us how we can drastically change our lives by changing the stories that are constantly running in our heads. Well, hello, hello, my ambitious friends, and welcome to 2000 Books. Every Monday and Wednesday, we bring you the most important actionable ideas from the world's greatest books for ambitious entrepreneurs, books in the field of startups, marketing, sales, productivity, management, leadership, strategy, personal development, and much, much more. And I am your host, Manny Vaya. Dr. Jim Lehrer is a world-renowned performance psychologist, co-founder of the Johnson & Johnson Human Performance Institute, and author of 16 books. Dr. Lehrer has worked with hundreds of world-class performers from the arenas of sports, business, medicine, law enforcement, including Fortune 100 executives, FBI hostage rescue teams, and military special forces. He has trained Olympic gold medalists and Wimbledon champions in the areas of peak performance. Today, we're talking about his outstanding book, The Power of Story. Jim, I'm really excited to talk to you about the power that stories have in our lives. So, welcome. Thank you, Manny. It's great to be with you. Thank you. Uh, just tell us a quick story, uh, the genesis of how this book came about. What was the trigger? What made you write this book? You know, my life, I've really sat and listened to th- literally hundreds and hundreds of stories of people. I was a student of perceptual psychology, and I was always fascinated by the real world versus our perception of the real world. And I began to realize that people's stories, their interpretation of what's happening, was really the basis upon which they ran their lives. And their stories may be completely misaligned with the real world. So I said, you know, I think it's important for people to understand that there is a real world out there. And then there is our version of the real world. And that becomes our story. And to the extent that our story is not aligned with what's really out there, we got serious trouble. Mm -hmm. So I wanted to write a story that would help people realize that what you believe to be real may not be real at all. And it's very scary for people to contemplate that. But this brain that we have, this magnificent neuroprocessing system, it's getting so much data filtering in through these senses. Right now, you're getting a lot of auditory and visual data. And the system has to integrate that data, crunch that data, and make sense with what's already in the processing system. So the system has to decide what to purge, what to get rid of, what actually is good information, and what should be thrown out in some uh, future time or in some way of changing the story. And the fact is that you may have all kinds of faulty information already in there from parents, from all kinds of other biases, And you continue to interpret the world through those lenses and your story gets increasingly dysfunctional. And you can't figure out why your world doesn't work because you don't see the same world other people see. Mm -hmm. So I said, I'm going to write this book to help people understand that our story is how we operate. We are basically storytellers, but our stories can get so dysfunctional because they get a, they are they drift away from the truth and this is very hard for people to face absolutely it is amazing how the stories run our lives 
all the way to our deaths. And we don't even realize how much control they have over the way we think, the way we act, the way we believe, even our values and our principles. Everything gets guided, gets filtered through those things without our realization. And um, let's jump into the book. Would you please give the listeners like an overview of the whole book, like a 10,000 feet overview of how the book is laid out and what to expect from the book? And then we'll get into the details. Yeah, the book is really about how our lives are basically run through stories. Mm -hmm. And something happens and you immediately form a story around it. Whether your version of that story was real or not, or consistent with the truth, that's your reality. And you're going to function on that basis. So the book is about how easily distorted, how easily twisted our sense of reality can become. And there's a huge price for that. I mean, we could live in a fantasy land, but it almost always comes back. Faulty stories always have a faulty ending. And, you know, the, the thing that I began to realize that whatever story you have will probably be your destiny. Mm -hmm. And if you don't realize the power of story, you may discount because you believe that your story is the real world. And I'm always trying to tell people, wait a minute, this is simply the way your brain has crunched the data. Mm -hmm. This is not necessarily, you don't have direct contact with the real world. You have data coming in through your senses, and it's already purging stuff that isn't consistent with what's already in there. So if you have biases and distortions, you're never, ever going to get them fixed unless you're willing to hold a lot of these statements and a lot of these conclusions in some kind of temporary form until you look at them more closely. So let's just say you, you have, your story is, I hate to exercise. Mm -hmm. I'm never going to exercise. Exercise is not something that I can ever get involved with because I hate it and I don't think it's necessary. Well, you'll probably go to your death with that unless something comes in that completely shatters that story. But you could change that story. That's what we do at the Institute. This book is about how do you confront the stories that are dysfunctional? And how do you create a new story that frees you, that gives you a chance, whether it's around weight, whether it's around happiness and health, about positivity, about people, about marriage, about children, about, you know, all the challenges that you face as an entrepreneur. Everything that happens, you create a story around it. And so we ask people to start looking very carefully, very deliberately at how they craft stories. And we have a whole test that you try to follow before you come to conclusions and that may take you so far off track. How do you check your stories, make sure that they have all the basic elements that are going to work for you as opposed to absolutely uh, take you in directions that are tragic at the end in, in many cases. So we have a whole series of guidelines around what makes a great story. Yeah. So in this book, you go about first explaining why the stories that we have as they exist today could be very dangerous to our existence. And then like the book is laid out in a way that first you say, okay, well, let's identify your current story. And now let's identify the challenges with that current story, the, the problems that are existing in the current story, the falsities, the, the non-truths that are there. And then let's go and fix these truths. And let's go and write a story that's way more 
empowering to us, right? And uh, let's talk about how we go about fixing our story. And then we'll talk about how to write a new story. So what are the ways in which we can fix a story? Because if we're living in our own world, we're living in this little world, we're limited to what we're thinking. And we are limited to what we're thinking, no matter what happens. And our cognition, our abilities might be challenged in the way that we cannot think past our current paradigms. Well, first of all, it's, it's often very threatening to even examine the fact that your stories are flawed, that you don't even want to accept that. The story you have around a particular person, the story you have around your intelligence, the story you have around a friend of yours who seems to always let you down, the story around your tendency to drink too much, your, the stories, they go on and on and on. These are oftentimes very hard for people to confront. And yet when you look at them, the first thing you look is through the lens of reality. Is this absolutely true? Do you not have the ability to exercise? Do you have, is it impossible for you to ever learn to want to exercise or to confront the fact that you're drinking too much, that you're, you know, you're not paying attention to your kids and spouse enough that you You've said you've done a great job, but the fact is you're not doing a great job. And so the first thing is is to try to wrap your arms around the truth. And we get as much input there as possible. We use 360 assessments, get other people to weigh in. We ask you to be open to the reality that this might be a flawed assumption that you're making. And then we have them look at this statement and to what extent does this lead to negative consequences? Mm-hmm. You know, what is the consequence of having this belief system? Let's just extrapolate this for the rest of your life. Where is this going to take you? Can you get where you want to go with this story, with this version of reality? It's extremely limiting. It just makes you, there's nowhere you can go with this limited story or this really self-defeating story. And then most stories for them to be great have to be inspirational. Mm-hmm. Does this inspire you to do something bigger and better in your life? The flawed story almost always has consequences in terms of it's not very inspirational. It's very limiting. Is this something that you developed or did you get this kind of almost by osmosis from others, from your parents who had a flawed story around this? And maybe you were taught from teachers that you'll never, ever make anything of yourself because you're not that smart. And so you've come to believe that, and now you hold that, and everywhere you go, that story permeates everything you do. Your confidence is always a little bit fragile. You tend to be afraid to kind of step up and offer your suggestions around things because you really feel that they're probably not that valuable. And you see this in very successful people in businesses that they have stories that have actually limited them tremendously. They have so much more potential than their stories have allowed them to actually confront. And so uh, we look at the, the basic elements of a great story and we have them look at the major stories in their life. And the most important story you'll ever tell is the story you tell about yourself to yourself. Mm-hmm. And the master storyteller is your private voice. So we start educating the private voice on how do you become a better storyteller? What are the rules of engagement when you start crafting your version of reality, particularly when it comes to things that matter? People have no idea the power of their private voice. This is really the the most powerful part of a person is the voice no one ever hears that's inside your head that starts getting formed as early as five and six years of age. So we do an enormous amount of work trying to help educate that private voice 
to become more a positive force, to educate you and to speak to you the way a great coach would speak to you, to build confidence and belief, to get you in touch with reality and to inspire you to do things that you never really dreamed were possible for you. So uh, the private voice is a very big part of this book. Okay. So let's let's talk about the negative stories, the current existing stories we're telling ourselves. Is it true? It's at least my understanding, the way I have seen this so often with aspiring entrepreneurs, with starting entrepreneurs. The biggest challenging story that we have is usually a victim story. We find ourselves being a victim to something or another. There is a wall somewhere that we cannot climb. Whichever way it could be, it could be that you cannot exercise because of this, this, and this reason, or you cannot make this breakthrough with this customer because of this reason, or you cannot get into that market because of whatever it is, or my wife doesn't listen to me, or my husband doesn't listen to me. It's always a victim mindset. That's the biggest element of the most challenging stories. Is that somewhat true? Victimhood is, is tragic, and it's very easy when you're in a very high-stress arena, when you've gotten a lot of no's, to begin to believe that you're a victim of your circumstances and there's not much you can do. That is a story that will lead to nothing but failure. So when you start to realize that your private voice is crafting this victimhood version of your life, you need to call it out. And what we've learned, the best way to change a story is through cursive writing. The book is all about the power of handwriting to change this area of the brain called the the prefrontal cortex We've experimented with everything from visualization to positive thinking to every conceivable form of mental training. And we found that actually cursive writing has the most powerful imprint. And if you want to change your story, start by writing it down and writing it out in a form that actually works for you. We have you write out your old story in the old kind of very whiny, almost immature voice, this voice of victimhood. Mm -hmm. And you write it out and you say, is this the voice you want to carry forward in your life? And then most people are embarrassed when they read how immature and how fragile and how whiny that voice is. And then we ask them to reach inside and connect to what we call their best self. So before we go before we go any further, Jim, uh, let me just make a distinction here. So far, we've been talking about our old story, the challenges with the old story, and why we need to change it, and the fact that writing it out is really important to get the words out, to get your private voice to start talking, to tell you the truth. Once you've established the baseline, this is where you are. Now what you're saying is, we need to develop a new story. Now let's attack this story. Let's break it down, and let's build a newer story. And the process for that is what we're going to talk about. So yeah, please. Please go ahead. I just wanted to make sure people are following with us. So the first step is really looking at a story that's dysfunctional, labeling it as such, and actually, uh, you know, kind of tearing it apart, getting it out, realizing where the flawed assumptions are and how this leads to nothing but chaos and disorder and a sense of helplessness. And so then we say, do you want to live with this? Or can we rewrite a story that takes the truth and works it in a way that actually embraces what the truth is, Mm -hmm. but also encourages new forms of behavior and a new sense of optimism and hope and inspiration. And so you reach inside for this best self. There's a part of you that's filled with wisdom. There's a part of you that actually has a great sense of what should or shouldn't be done. And it's an amazing area. We spend a lot of time here at the Institute resurrecting that part of people and helping them get in touch with it. But then it is from there that they write their new story from that space. Because this is a practice on how to get the stories in their life more aligned with their deepest values that work for them. And they start confronting 
how this neuroprocessing system that they've kind of taken for granted as reality is actually not always working in their behalf. And they got to step up and take control of that. And their private voice is the guardian. And if they have a very educated private voice, they call themselves on it and they go, no, I'm not going there. That's not going to take me anywhere. And so in a sense, that private voice becomes your coach, Mm -hmm. becomes the most valuable coach you will ever have in helping you see the right alternatives, see what's going on and that will help you, you know, kind of craft a a version of all these experiences that actually are are not so self-defeating and so debilitating. And so we work a lot with that private voice to bring that best self forward in the process of scripting something entirely new. One of my favorite quotes is by Winston Churchill, and he said, history will be kind to me, for I intend to write it. Yes. And this is a chance you have to write your history. And I will tell you, people completely freak out when they realize the power this has in their life. And they start, we have them over a 90-day period, rewrite that story six times. And we've done all kinds of things and collected all kinds of data. We're very a research-based organization. And it seems like six rewrites is the optimal number to uh, kind of complete the conditioning so that these pathways that are being utilized for these particular ideas and thoughts, we're altering the way these ideas are actually being processed neurologically. And it's actually occurring intentionally through writing. So it takes a while, takes a while to get these new pathways embedded. But one day you wake up and you realize, oh my goodness, I've completely changed how I feel about exercise or all the things that I thought were part of my reality that wouldn't change. And all of a sudden, I see I can actually become master of my own fate by changing my stories. So when we're rewriting the stories, are we writing it in the past tense? future tense, present tense, like what are we saying? I work out now because this or in the past I did not work out because these reasons are there, but they're false reasons. What's the structure here? So you're basically trying to get out what is the current faulty story you have. So you might say, I really don't feel like working out is something I can do. I've never worked out. I've never felt comfortable in a gym. I don't, the idea of going in a gym just makes me want to throw up. I don't like walking. I, I'm embarrassed to have people see me because I'm too heavy. So, you know, on and on and on. So you just give all of this thinking that is really holding you back, get it outed. You're going to get it out where you can see it. Mm-hmm. And then the new story is, first of all, the first thing is the truth is I've never been able to exercise before. I've always felt embarrassed by it. But the fact is, I really understand now that it's important for me to overcome these Because I need to do this to stay healthy so that I'm actually a much more of a force with my family and I'm not going to die and leave them, you know, without a father or a mother. I actually can see that I I need to change this belief system and here are my new ways of thinking about it. And you Mm -hmm. just put it down. So it's kind of in the present and you face the truth and then you try to spell out what is the new way you want to think about this. And you constantly bring that forward every time this issue comes up, whether it's, you know, around spending time with family or exercising or dieting or whatever else that might be an issue that you think is actually holding you back. Maybe it's a big issue of confidence. Maybe it's a big issue that you're overly arrogant. You can't deal with people very well, so you keep them distant by, you know, being the dominant uh, force in the room. 
there people have a oh, thousand and one different issues that they can deal with and we uh we have classes here at the institute of 25 to 30 people and it's amazing the insights and the changes that people make over the span of 90 days it it, it absolutely for me is the most exciting and exhilarating part of my life is to see what people can do who are bound and determined that they can't change these things and within a few weeks the whole thing shifts and it's under their own personal control Got it. And we first wrote the past story. Now we write the new story in the present tense and we write it again and again six times over the 90-day period. Maybe every couple of weeks seems like that's the way we keep on rewriting almost thinking about it on a daily basis, but we rewrite it every couple of weeks to get to the point where in 90 days we get a really new story. Now, along with that goes action. And you talk about rituals and creating rituals and daily logs and feedback. So tell us a little bit about that. In addition to the self-indoctrination, it's kind of self-brainwashing to try to get you thinking a new way. You also, that's kind of the cognitive piece. There's also a behavioral piece that actually connects to what you're doing. So let's say if you're going to exercise, you put your sneakers right next to your bed so when you stand up, you can't get by them without you're going to go out and exercise. You put your sneakers on. You have your workout gear right there. You have a specific area you're going to walk to. Um, and you time it, you're going to wear a heart rate monitor maybe and get your heart rate up to a certain level, but you develop a series of rituals that are defined very concretely in the real world that help you to get um, this anchored not just in your head but in in the actual physical world. So uh, we learned the, the value of rituals in sports, in almost every arena of high performance, you have to have routines. We are creatures of routine. Um, about 95% of our behavior is under the control of habit. And so we've got to get, you can't control your life, you can't control your diet, your exercise with will and discipline. You just can't do it. We don't have enough. Mm-hmm. But you can develop habits that kind of have a life of, of their own. So you have a habit of thinking in a new way, and you have an act, a habit of acting. And during this 90 days, we have you keep a training log, just like an athlete that records everything you do, and you commit to staying on this for this period of time. <clears throat> and it's quite amazing, people. We ask them to just take on one thing at a time, not to take on multiple issues. They kind of attack one story at a time, then they go to the next one and the next one. And over the span of a year, they can attack many stories. But we need the first one to be successful. And so defining specific rituals that they will follow habitually until they become automatic and having some kind of accountability that every day you record what you did and didn't do. And that system is what we've used here so successfully for multiple decades. Excellent. So here we have it. We have a complete system as to how to go about attacking the stories that we have and rewriting the stories and actually taking action on those stories. It's not a passive system of just writing one day and forgetting about it, but it's a system of constantly reinforcing the message, not only through the words, but also through our action. And that gets us where we want to go. It's actually a lot of hard work, a lot of energy investment, but it is well worth it. And you begin to realize, hey, I can control my destiny. I'm, I'm in control here. Yeah. 
Yep, absolutely. And for all of you listening here, all of you watching, the book Power of Story, great exercises, great uh, details and stories of how people have done it. So I highly recommend the book. And thank you, Jim, for a wonderful description. Thanks for being here with this and uh, exposing some of these ideas. Absolutely. They, they changed my lives, and that's what I hope they'll continue to do for other people as well. Thank you. So, my ambitious friends, I have a very important question for you. What is the single biggest indicator and predictor of success? Because in my reading of over 1,000 books, I have found out that there is one common thread, one common indicator that ties all of the greatest success stories in this world. And this is a factor that has been emphasized again and again and again in the greatest books ever written on the topic of accomplishing our goals. The greatest thinkers and achievers have all said the same thing from Marcus Aurelius, the Stoic philosopher 2,000 years ago, to the greatest UFC fighters of today, and from champion athletes like Babe Ruth and Michael Jordan to big-time entrepreneurs like Elon Musk. So here at 2000 Books, we have created a 90-day course specifically on this topic, where we summarize 40 of the greatest books ever written on this topic. So reading these books, reading these 40 books, can take you almost 250-plus hours And if you read one hour every day, Monday through Friday, every week, this reading can take you an year. But what we have done is we have summarized the knowledge from these books into daily five to 10 minute bite-sized videos so that you can absorb a new idea or a couple of new ideas every single day and take action on them, take action on them and build them over time over a period of 90 days. So come check out this course at 2000books.com slash tough, that's T-O-U-G-H, tough, or Text the word TOUGH, T-O-U-G-H, to 44222 and get more information on this course. The course is now live and you can join at any time. And I look forward to seeing you on the inside of the course.